Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome, everyone, to the Fringianity Fellowship Week number four. This week, I'm flying solo, but my son is joining me. Brayden, say hello. Hello. <laughs> this, of course, is... Brandon from Cast Em Off Radio and Cast Em Off Ministries. Uh, for those of you listening after this recording is posted, uh, we are here every Sunday, 2 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. Pacific, and 3 p.m. Eastern Time. So we'd love to have you join us. Uh, it's open to anybody. Basically, what we do here on the Fringianity Fellowship is... We discuss all kinds of different topics, biblically-based biblically topics, uh, sometimes just topics, you know, politics, things like that, things that are going on in the world. Talk about your problems, give you some solutions, anything and everything um, that you want to bring up, we'll talk about. The one rule we have here is that there is no disputing the gospel of Jesus Christ. He, he died for our sins. He defeated, he defeated sin while he was on this world. He was tempted more than, than any man was ever tempted. Did not give in. He was beaten more than most men have ever been beaten. Yet he still went through with the crucifixion all so that we could be saved. So that a bunch of sinners like us could be saved. So it's pretty amazing, the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that is the one thing that's not debatable, but everything else is open for debate. Uh, if you're in the chat and you have something that you want us to talk about, we'd be happy to go there. So just let us know. Um, you know why I'd be on here, Brayden? Uh, you're a teen and you're around a lot of teens and you're familiar with the video game industry. Uh, one thing I've noticed is these games are getting more and more violent all the time. Now you have restrictions. We don't allow you just to play any and all games. Uh, and you attend a Christian school which we've uh, sacrificed to put you and, and your brother in. But it seems like a lot of parents don't have the same idea when it comes to the games their their kids should play. So what kind of games are you hearing that your friends are playing that they probably ought not play? I mean, I'm talking M-rated games here, games that are of violence, death, destruction, pornography. What, 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 what games are your friends playing now that you just are kind of blown away by? Well, one that... I'm really blown away by is that even there's second graders and younger that are playing this is GTA. Which is? For for us old people. Yeah, for us old people who don't know, Grand Theft Auto 5, right, is the new one? Yeah, it's first person and basically the object of the game is to sell drugs and beat people. There's really no objective in my opinion. Just wanton destruction, right? Pretty much. So you have, you have second graders, which second graders, what age would that be? Seven year old, seven year old, six, seven year old, something like there. So I know from experience, I've played these games back in the past. Uh, Grand Theft Auto is one of those games where, um, 
you uh, basically can do whatever you want. You can you can beat up old ladies. You can have sex with hookers. In fact, the new Grand Theft Auto V, from what I understand, you can pay real money to have sex with a hooker, and then to get your money back, they expect you to kill her. This is the kind of filth that our kids are playing. Let's not mention. Let's not forget to mention that the new Grand Theft Auto is also first person. Yeah, so it's you're basically having virtual sex in the mm-hmm. first person. And then kids with Oculus Rift. Well, we'll get to that later, but the bottom line is 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 parents have no clue what their what their kids are playing. So your friends, even in a Christian school, are are friend who are playing this game mm-hmm. and their parents don't have a clue. So what do you think that does to their brain? Well, it really changes your mentality of how it works. It takes it destroys your brain. Because, like, games I played, it really, the games you play actually have a big input on how you act. Sure. It translates into your behavior. I mean, if you're uh, at Central Iowa, thanks for joining us. Uh, you can tune, join in any time in the conversation. Feel free. Uh, I'm Brandon. My son Braden's with us today. Um, yeah, any game you play is going to affect how you act. You're basically playing that out in, uh, in in the virtual world. So it dis- desensitizes you in the real world. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if it's okay for you to kill somebody with a baseball bat in a virtual world, such as Grand Theft Auto V, that's going to make you more apt to do something like that in the real world, in my opinion. I don't see how that doesn't affect your brain. I hear all these people say, well, it's a video game. It's not going to affect you. Ridiculous. And another thing is, is that they come up with excuses. Like they said, I just like to steal cars. Well, how do you steal cars? You blow people up and stuff, and then they jump out of the cars and kill other people. And let's look at this from a biblical context. These are, these are kids that go into Christian school. Christian parents. You should, you would hope they have a good moral set, you know. How, in a biblical context, in a biblical framework, can you justify playing a game where you're stealing cars? When when theft is totally against against everything we believe in, it's it's against the Ten Commandments. So is it okay to virtually steal? I mean, I, I don't see the difference personally. That's like saying because I'm reading a erotic novel, even though it has explicit sex scenes in the novel that I'm reading, but because there's not pictures and because there's not video, then it's not pornography. And I just think that's craziness. And there's a lot of women that will justify looking at pornography because there's not an image in front of them. Everyone has an excuse. Well, I got to tell you, when I was younger, my imagination was way more powerful than any image I could conjure, or, you know, that I could see in front of me. I guarantee you that. So I, I don't. Um, what other games are they playing besides Grand Theft Auto? Another big one is Call of Duties, and you Call of Duties and the newest Black Ops Three, which the graphics are unbelievable in, in it now. And then you're killing, it looks like in, so the graphics are stinking realistic. So that's getting your brain. Desensitized. Yes. To killing people because it looks just like a real person. And then the graphics and, but they're, the graphics are unbelievable. And, but another thing is that there's still a whole lot of gore in there too. Yeah. And you know, it's funny you bring that up because. In World War II, they found that they had a hard time getting soldiers to shoot at each other because, you know, 
no man with any kind of moral value set wants to kill another man. You know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. there. No one takes any joy in, in, in killing somebody and taking a life. At least they shouldn't. And so they had a hard time getting what would happen is the guys would shoot, but they purposely shoot over the head of the enemy. And uh, they found out that, see, now id Software, which is Doom and uh, I believe Wolfenstein, those were the some of the first two games they came out with. id Software was actually contracted by our military, from what I understand. Now, we would need to vet, or, or, uh, vet this, look it up. But uh, I'm sure those of you listening can do the research. Id Software was contracted to create a program, basically Wolfenstein or Doom. And then what they did is they had soldiers play the game. And those who played the game were, were much more likely to kill a person after playing a virtual game where they killed people mm-hmm. than if they hadn't played the game. So that right there tells you that it has an effect on your psyche. Definitely has an effect. And so as a Christian, how do we justify playing these games where we're, we're basically living out of fantasy, murdering, killing, raping? It's demeaning to women. I mean, so there's kids your age who, who are growing up playing a game where it's okay to rape a woman, where it's okay to beat a woman mm-hmm. senseless, where it's okay to, to just walk up and punch somebody in the face or hit him with it a baseball bat. Dragon, the new Dragon Age Inquisition, can't you have a gay mate? Yeah, in fact, Dragon Age Inquisition and the Dragon Age before that had mm-hmm. gay relationships. Alistair was one. Which is, you know, that's all part of an agenda that I think we've seen pushed mm-hmm. in this country for a long time. You know, I don't agree with the lifestyle. I don't hate gay people. Uh, just, you know, I, I I think sin is sin is sin. Um, and I think the enemy's going to try to get you to do any kind of sin that's going to be acceptable to you, you know, and some, for some people that's same sex attraction. Um, I don't condone it just like I don't condone any other sin, but the bottom line is we are flesh, we are sinners and we need repentance and we need, we need Jesus Christ. And that's the point of the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, we cannot keep from sinning. Paul was very, very clear on that. You know, he said his flesh wanted to sin always. And if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, then he would, mm-hmm. you know. So, but but the, the problem is, is going back to these games and this violence and and this wanton destruction, you have minds that are being formed at your age. Your mind will be formed up until you're like 20 years old. Mm-hmm. It's growing. And that's why drug use is such a dangerous thing for, for somebody your age. Um, so the mind is being formed. And what happens is the mind actually rewires, you know, the, the it does neurologists will talk about the neurons that fire are the neurons that wire, okay? That means the neurons that are working are the ones that actually connect and fire into other other things. And so if you're used to killing people on a video game, you're much more likely to do that well, in reality. This is firsthand when um when I was little, you played Call of Duty before. But um when I was little I used to watch you and I thought it was the greatest thing ever and that made me want to go into the army, I thought it would be fun to shoot people because it would be like a video game. It gets your mind and the mentality that it would be just like a video game. It's a great recruiting tool. It is. Yeah, I mean, I don't play any of that stuff anymore. You know that. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, we've changed our views tremendously from how we used to do things and, and the way I used to see things. When God finally got a hold of me, I mean, really got a hold of me, oh, it's been about, what, six years ago? Then, uh, things really, really, uh, changed for me. So, 
Um, what is going on? I think we've got. Why did we hang up? Sorry about that. You got to love technical difficulties. Skype just dropped us. It said we lost our internet connection, though we didn't lose it on our end. So, uh, sorry about that. Uh, where did we left off? I don't know. Uh, Pepsi Jeff, is there anything you'd like to us to talk about and anything you want to discuss? Uh, get in on the conversation. If there is, just go ahead and put it in the chat. Uh, we'd be happy to discuss anything. I think where we were at is just talking about... Recruitment. Yeah, Call of Duty. Anyway, yeah. So we, I stepped away from that a long time ago. Um, Before, you know, your, your two younger brothers came along. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, those games even have, I think, uh, an effect on adults. You know, you, anything mm-hmm. that, that you're doing violent activity on a regular basis you're going to be desensitized to things that's all there is to it um so yeah i don't know you know but i'm not for censorship either i don't agree with censoring things just because it can affect somebody um although you know i don't see a lot of good use for porn but at the same time, God gave us free will, so we should have free will. What I do think is parents need to step up their game. What's happened in, in this country and in the world as a whole, parents have, you know, we're, we're wore out. As a parent, you know, I, I can speak from experience. I'm wore out. I spend a lot of time working, running this program, and then, you know, we have a special needs son, so he takes a lot of time and, and a lot of patience. And there are times where you just get so tired and so wore out that you just want to stick your kids in front of the uh, TV. You want to put them in front of the TV or in front of a device, in front of, uh, you know, a pad is a real popular thing nowadays. And so you stick your kids in front of a device, you stick them in front of a uh, a uh, Android tablet or an iPad, and you forget about it. And so what happens is, you know, parents think, well, they're they're playing a game, so there's nothing wrong with that. Well... Unfortunately, a lot of the games these kids are playing are not games they should be playing. So uh, I think a lot of times parents, yes, we're wore out. Yes, we're tired. But that's not an excuse to allow your kids to fall into things that they shouldn't be doing. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to be for censorship ever because I believe that uh, we have free will. We should have free will. Uh, And, you know, you shouldn't censor things just so you can't touch them. You should, you should have self-control. You should reach out to the Holy Spirit. You should reach out to Jesus Christ and ask him to give you the power to not touch it. That's the only way I was able to get rid of porn. Um, and I've talked to you openly about this, that, uh, I used to have a major porn addiction, you know, and I'm open with you about it because I don't want you to go down the same road I did. And you almost did. Do you want to talk about that? Are you okay with talking about that? Yeah, it's fine. And so was that something that your friends talked about and you decided to go in and look or were you just naturally or did you just have a voice in your head saying, I want to see this? No one talks about it at all. It's just a voice. It's really thoughts that try to get you in. Well, and I'm sure TV didn't. didn't, Oh, yeah. I mean, you have half naked women all over the place on television. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Hardy's commercials, the the burger commercials. Yeah. the Game of War commercial with the woman on the white horse. And all these different commercials and TV shows and all that. And and so you get curious. Mm-hmm. And so you decided to go out on an adventure on your own and see what you could find. And It was a pleasant road. It wasn't pleasant when I found out, was it? It wasn't pleasant at all. No, but you get a lot of guilt built up. 
You unbelievably. do. And then you, when I told, when you caught me, just like a giant relief off my back. But I mean, when you get caught, you want to tell someone, but you can't tell someone because you're afraid of the consequences. The shame. See, the problem is, is, and I got on you a little too hard at first. Because I know where that road leads. I've been down that road and it scared the crap out of me because I was your age. You're, you're actually, you're actually, well, you were 12. So I was your age when I was first uh, introduced to pornography and it screwed me up for 20 years. In my opinion, it, I, it, that was like, it's hard to break. One of the, probably the, one of the hardest things to break. It's, it's, they say for men, it's harder than heroin. And the reason that is, especially now, is because we have the internet. It's it's there. It's everywhere. And see, sex is hardwired into our genetic code. God made sex. Sex is great. Sex is a wonderful thing. It's made for a man and a woman to bond together. That's the whole point. Um, there are three chemicals that fire off during sexual orgasm. Okay, there's mm-hmm. there's oxytocin, which they call the cuddle chemical, which is the bonding chemical. When you're looking at your spouse and you mm-hmm. orgasm, that that oxytocin bonds you together. That's what brings makes you one. You know how two shall become one when you're married? The Bible talks about how two become one. That's how. That oxytocin is what brings you and bonds you to your wife. Okay? Dopamine fires off. Dopamine's a feel-good chemical. Dopamine says, ooh, I like this. This is great. I want more. Dopamine is the same chemical that fires when you are... um when you are taking heroin, smoking marijuana, doing cocaine, that's dopamine. Dopamine fires off and it, and it's the chemical that says, I like this. I want more of this. Um, and I'm going to pull up. I was going to say, you just did a show on this. I did just do a show on this. So I'm going to pull this up. Um, okay. So we've talked about dopamine and oxytocin, serotonin is another chemical that fires during an orgasm. And what serotonin does is serotonin basically is serenity, ecstasy, and it feels like the state of grace, just pure relaxation and pleasure, okay? So that also fires when you take opioids. Um, That's why if you take a pain medicine, Mm -hmm. you feel like so good on cloud nine, like the world is wonderful. Oh, you feel like you have heavenly trumpets blaring out of the sky. That's why, because that serotonin is released and uh, you feel um, you feel amazing. You feel like everything's great. So the last chemical is an interesting one. Vasopressin is only released in men. Okay, mm-hmm. vasopressin is called the protection drug. It kicks in to support feelings of possession and desire, and it makes you want to thwart anyone else from taking possession. You see how that would bond you to your spouse? Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at your spouse and vasopressin fires off, you're immediately bonded. She is yours. She is your possession. Okay, mm-hmm. that's how we think. That's why men will get in fights over women all the time. Okay, so... That is what is so, uh, that's what's so cool about sex. It's cool and it, and it feels great when you're with the person you're supposed to be with. Uh, and, and see what happens with premarital sex and, and a lot, I guess this is going to turn into a sexual education for teens, but you're here. We're going to talk about it. Premarital sex 
you, you know, it happens and I'm not going to lie. I went there. I wish I didn't. I wish I could take that back. Um, but what happens is it bonds you in a way that's not biblical. You don't get the same bond. You get the possession, the possessive feelings, but you, you don't really get the bond to the person. You get a bond to them in a lustful way, in a mm-hmm. sexual way. You because, don't bond to them as the person. Because you're not married yet. Well, and, well, and you haven't spent any time with them. Mm-hmm. A lot of times what happens with it's a one night fling, you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, <sighs> You may go at it a few more times, but there's really nothing there. There's no relationship. In fact, you'll find a lot of times nowadays, you know, we have a huge divorce rate. It's about 50%, if not more. Mm -hmm. Well, look at how many people are living together before marriage now. And what happens is when you live with somebody before you're married, you're never going to know that person. You know what I mean? Like they are never going to let you see who they really are. Like when you get married, you know, people start going to the bathroom in front of each other. It gets real. It gets real. You know what I'm saying? You know, women aren't going (laughs) to, they're not going to pass gas in front of you before you're married. But when you get married, it's all off the table. You know what I'm saying, buddy? So what happens is people get married after, say they were even even living together for five years. What was relationship based on sex? They might have kind of knew each other, but sex was the main thing. It was the main bonding thing. And so- Mm -hmm. They never got to know each other, but they lived together and got a false idea of who each other was. So they tie the knot. And I've seen this with a few people. I told this to one of my buddies who was going to get married. They've been living together for five years. Mm-hmm. And uh, after they got married, they were together for four months and already filing for divorce. He's like, I didn't, I didn't know any of this stuff about her. I said, I told you this was going to happen. I said, you don't know her yet. You're going to find out. But marriage is a, it's, it's work. You know, when I married your mom, it wasn't all, it wasn't all freaking a box of fluffy ducks for the first few years. I'm telling you, you get to know each other and we didn't live together before we were married. So we learned who each other was right off the bat, you know, but it's work. You have to work at it. It's not something that just, uh, it's not something that just happens on its own. It doesn't work itself out. There's compromise on both sides. And that's why sex is so important because it bonds. It's the bond that gets you through those tough times. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? When you're with your, your spouse, the one you're supposed to be with. So what happens with porn and why it's so hard to break is the same chemicals fire but you're attaching to a picture or you're attaching to a video or you're attaching to a concept. And it makes you want to go back. And oh, yeah. That porn. dopamine's powerful, man. That dopamine's like, dude, you want more of this and you want it now. And isn't that what keeps people on drugs, too, is the dopamine? Sure, yeah. That's what I... Well, and there's also physical withdrawal mm-hmm. that goes along with it. And I think you could say there's somewhat of a physical withdrawal with... Uh, if you really were the kind of person who spent a lot of time by yourself in the shower, there might be a little physical withdrawal there because of the fact that uh, your body gets used to doing a certain thing at a certain time and there mm-hmm. will be pain associated. We're not going to get into all the anat- anatomical things that go along with that. But um, so bottom line was I wanted to c- catch you early and stop it quick because otherwise you were getting ready to go down a road that I went down for 20 years mm-hmm. and it was a road of hell, pure hell. Because what happens is you, it's like you said, you have, you have guilt. Guilt comes from God. Guilt is you shouldn't be doing this. This is wrong, dude. Discernment. Yeah. Well, it's not even discernment. It's just like a right upside the head. What are you doing, boy? Knock it off. That's, that's guilt. Shame is interesting because shame can come from two places. Shame is, comes internally because 
we're shamed at what we're doing. Mm -hmm. We're shamed because we've gone against God and we've gone against society, really, as a whole, uh, but mostly because we've gone against God if you're a Christian. And then shame comes from the enemy. And what the enemy does is he hijacks that shame. You know, you'll get a demonic attachment. We'll talk about the spiritual side in a second of porn addiction. But you'll get a, you'll have a, you open a doorway. Any kind of sin opens a doorway. But what happens with shame is the enemy will use that and say, you're, you're never going to be any better than this. You're a loser. You suck. And you can't tell anybody about this because they're going to think you're a loser and you suck. Mm -hmm. Is that how it was for you? Absolutely. And so you don't want to talk about it. You sure as heck didn't want to talk to me about it. And that's my fault because as your father, what I should have sa said is, look, if this ever becomes a problem, you need to come to me and we'll deal with it mm -hmm. instead of going off on you when I caught you. Because I got caught too. Only I got caught by my wife, which was lots of fun. And you know the story. But, uh, and I'm getting ready to get to tell that in front of a group of like probably two or 300 men, which that'll be exciting. Quite when that. Is. It'll be in uh, three weeks, end of, end, of oh, end of February. So anyway, you know, I probably was a little harsh with you. I went off on you a little bit, but we sat down and we talked about it afterwards. Mm -hmm. Because the only way you can kick something is to talk about it, get out in the open. But we had to do, I had to teach you some deliverance, didn't I? Because there is some spiritual attachment that comes with that. And I learned that the hard way. Um, anytime we sin... Anytime we commit a sin and we don't check it, when it's unchecked sin, meaning you don't repent of that sin and you just let it fester, that you open a doorway. You open a legal right to a demonic entity to come in. Whether you believe it or not, it's true. I lived it. Uh, a demonic entity will come in and stake a claim on you, basically. You've opened a doorway. They have a legal right. Uh, the, the dark side is very legalistic. Satan is extremely legalistic. And he is like the big, the best lawyer on earth. He will find a loophole to attach to you if you leave a door open. So when you sin, you open a doorway. And what happens is uh, the only way to get rid of it is to repent of that sin, renounce that sin, rebuke that sin, and then cast it off in the name of Jesus. Um, the only way to cast it off is to, uh, to call on Jesus name and Jesus name. I cast off, you know, I cast this off. Um, who is in here? Testify of the son. Can you hear our, can you hear us in the chat? If you can hear us, just say, yes, we can hear you. That'd be great. Otherwise this is just going to be uploaded after the fact, but, uh, where was I? So basically, the bottom line is, um, you know, there there is a spiritual doorway that can be opened. And that spiritual doorway um, can lead to a stronghold. And if you don't take care of that stronghold, you can get wrecked fast. Mm -hmm. uh, the key is, though, if you do cast that off in the name of Jesus, that you better not open that doorway again. Because what happens if you open the doorway again? It comes back twice as hard and then seven friends buddy it, not only does that one demon come back he's like hey hey you guys come here seven of you come back over here and hang out with me we're gonna wreck this dude and that's what they do they wreck shop and i've had i had that happen when you were when you were very young and your uh your uh your uh brothers your your middle brother was really young we had demonic entities in our house and it wasn't like, um, I don't believe it was like 
God was or like like they were showing themselves to us. Mm-hmm. I think it was God because I had been praying, get me out of this. I don't want this porn addiction. I don't want this alcohol anymore. I, I'm done. You know, I was I was broken. I was done. I had nowhere to go. And you remember how much I used to drink. It was a big, it was a problem. Um, so, so, uh, what would happen is, um, well, first what would happen is I'd walk into your room at night and I would see a shadow fly across the room. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like a shadow just up off the bed where you were laying and fly across the room. Now, to put this into context, you need to understand that you were at the time, um, you were having these night terrors, just horrible, horrible night terrors. And we didn't understand why. We didn't know where these night terrors were coming from. And I was praying about that too. I mean, I, I was having some trouble. And so what happened, I believe God pulled the veil back just enough for me to see what, what I had caused with my sin. And what had happened is as the head of the house, as the man of the house, mm-hmm. as a spiritual leader of my house, when I sinned and I opened the doorway and I was looking at the porn and I was drinking, you know, I was an alcoholic, it opened the doorway for those things to come in. And they weren't affecting me as much as they were affecting you and your brother because you guys would wake up screaming. I mean, terrified. Do you remember any of that? No. It was it was brutal. I mean, it was like I you mean, got, I remember sometimes I could, wouldn't even want to go to my room, though. Yeah, you wouldn't go to your room. I mean, you just flat out were not going in there. And for a while, you and Silas both were sleeping on our floor which ended up him being in our room for like five years because he got used to it. But that's a whole nother story with his seizures and everything. But uh, so I, I, I saw that and I learned that I had to do the, the hard way. I had to dig and dig and dig and learn spiritual warfare. But uh, so understand that with any addiction, with any sin, you're opening the door to spiritual attachment. And it's a real thing. Now, do you think video games would be considered an addiction? You know... I mean, yeah, a video game can definitely be an addiction. Or like electronics? Well, there's been guys who have died because they didn't get up to eat or drink for three days. Literally. Uh, in fact, that was, uh, there was a story two months ago about a mm-hmm. guy who had, I think he was in the UK. He, he was, he was, uh, Playing video games on an internet binge, you know, playing games. And it, they say games. Who knows what he was doing if he was online. But basically, he ended up dying from dehydration and not eating. Uh, testify of the sun. Are you on the call? Can you hear? Yeah, what's up, Brandon? It's John. Hey, John. What's going on, man? Can you guys in the chat hear us? I mean, are we coming through? I didn't even hear anybody was in the chat. Well, yeah, there's some, there's uh, there's two in the chat, My but Cart and Pepsi Jeff. What happened was, uh, for some reason, S- Skype just kicked us off in the middle of the call, like it just dropped. I'm recording it on my end, so we'll uh-huh. we'll still have the call. I'm gonna have to do a lot of editing, but uh, okay, because <laughs> we were just talking, and all of a sudden, Braden goes, "Hey, Dad, I don't think you're on anymore." It's like, oh, that's great. <laughs> so, um, anyway, it just cut us off. I don't know if if they can hear us in the chat or not. So if you guys can hear us, let us know. Should we um, type it in the chat? If we, if so when you were in the chat, when you said, is there even a show playing? Did anything come up? I mean, could you hear us at all? Well, I'm always, I'm always using my phone, so it didn't even load up. So it, it probably is on my computer, but I don't know if I'm the phone. Oh, okay. Well, I haven't got anybody to answer, so I don't know if they can hear or not. Uh, if they can't, it'll be up later. 
Okay, cool. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. So what do you want to talk about? We've just been what we've talked about so far is video games and their effect on young minds. See, Braden's sitting in with me again this week, and it was just the two of us for a long time. And then um Pepsi Jeff popped in. He's been listening. And Johnny couldn't make it today, so I am Johnny today. What's up? Okay. See, I don't do it near as good as Johnny Johnny on there, but (laughs) I was like, wait, why did Johnny say it's, it's, it's on, it said Johnny on the chat, but I didn't see him. On yeah. The call, see, so he, it, this is on his account. And so I can't come in as oh, me okay. and then still be him. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah, no, I get you. No, yeah. See, once they, once they find out through. I'm not Johnny, they just leave. It's like, oh, he's not cool enough. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so no, what's I up? How? About, uh, video games a little bit. Sure, I'm. We're, that's what we've been, we've been talking about: GTA Five and how disgusting that game is. That and sexual addictions, and and then we talked about porn. Yeah, I, I used did to that. Play that a lot. Oh man, yeah, it's nasty, dude. I heard that you but can not not so much. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot, man. <laughs> He's right though. I'm not near as cool as Johnny. Um. I don't have all the cool buttons too with all the music that plays, but yeah, I heard that ju- that Grand oh. Theft Auto Five that you can pay real money to have sex with hookers, and then to get your money back, you have to kill them. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, that's... Wait, with real ones? Well, yeah, you would buy, you would pay money to buy in-game money because you had to pay money to buy game money if you want a lot of game money, and uh. then because they have all these money packs you can buy on Xbox and whatever, and. uh yeah. So you can pay, and this isn't a first. Is this a first-person view when this is happening, or do you even know? Um, no, on the new Xbox, they they did add first-person view, so now you can see all the action that's going on first-person now. Good grief! But uh, I mean, what do you think? I don't that, know about that. I don't know about that. Hold on. What's that going to do to a young mind? I mean, that's that's still porn. It's still a naked woman. It's graphic. And so, so now we were talking about how all the different chemicals in the brain fire off and how that works. So you've got a young mind that just had virtual oh, yeah. sex with a hooker and then he kills her. And they think that we're not creating homicidal maniacs here. I mean, at, at a young age that uh, could definitely, be, that can probably break you because most times at a young age, you don't realize what's, you know, it, people say, oh, you realize what's right and what's wrong, what's real and what's not. I don't think you do sometimes just because uh, that's your formation, really. Like you're formed around um, being young. Some kids are just broken at an early age and they don't realize like, oh, this isn't real. This isn't, uh, you know, they they grow up thinking certain things are OK. And it's really it's just not. So I don't know. That's that's crazy. Yeah, I, I, I always I, hear yeah. little kids when sometimes when I used to play, I would always hear like little kids playing like uh grand theft auto they're all yelling cussing at me i'm like what the heck is going on here like what parents let their kids play this stuff like that blows my mind i'm like i don't understand you child yeah it's you know it's something i played when i was in my early 20s probably maybe maybe uh mid-20s and there is yeah. no redeeming value to that game. I mean, there's nothing redeeming about it, but we were talking, Braden was saying that he knows second graders that play that mm-hmm. game. It's ridiculous. And it just, and then you have all these kids cussing and then you wonder why. And then you ask them if they, what they, and you find out that they play GTA a lot of times. And mm. it's, 
Well, yeah, because they're in there learning from adults. And here's another thing that I found out by listening to Derek Gilbert's View from the Bunker. The last show he did, he had a woman on who deals with child sex trafficking. And what happens is these people will go on to these games like Grand Theft Auto and Call of Duty and these other games. And they'll groom these kids. They'll latch onto them and they'll uh, basically friend them, right? Because your parents always tell you don't talk to strangers, right? But if they're your friends and it's okay. So the, they friend these wow. kids and they make them think that they're they're their buddies. And they'll say, oh, I'm 16 and I'm from San Diego. And let's say the kid's from San Diego. They say, hey, let's meet up and hang out. Well, it's actually some 35-year-old dude. And once you get in that car, you're done. And, uh, you know, or they'll say, hey, let's hook up and smoke some pot or something. You know, you know how kids are. They'll, they'll go for anything because uh, they just want to be yeah. accepted. And so they say uh, in the U.S., it's like 500,000 kids a year are trafficked. And it's about six, 6 wow. million worldwide um, from, from social media, from video games, from all that kind of stuff. And it just – I made Braden listen to it. Mm-hmm. And I got my cousin to listen to it. Did you? Mm-hmm. She needed to hear she's, it. She's. Uh, I hope she's list- going to listen to it. But I downloaded it on her phone. So, well, all parents need to. Because the bottom line is, as parents, we think we're technically savvy. We really do, but we're not. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, yeah, is, unless you're actually in the stuff, you're you're definitely not because you yeah. don't know what's going on. Well, she named like five different social media platforms that I have never even heard of before. It's, it's it sounds like gibberish, oh, like wow. cuckoo, like. Yeah, these weird names, and I'm like, okay, so how am I supposed to how am I supposed to know what my kid's doing if they're not on the same social media platform as me? You know, and when you give your kid a smartphone, you're giving them the keys to the kingdom of darkness. I don't care what anybody says; that's the bottom line. That's the truth. And now you can teach them how to turn those keys into things that are of value, or you can give them the keys and just say, "Run with it, open the door, and run into hell," because. Uh, that's yeah. what, that's, what's going to happen. I mean, you're looking at, you have every kind of porn available at the click of a button, every kind of evil thing available at the click of a button. You can find literally anything on your phone online and it's free, hundred percent free. And there is no, Do you know what kind of worried me yesterday? Go for it. Uh, um, my son said something, uh, he's only, he's barely three and he said something. What did he say? He said something about big booties. But like, I think he was joking around, but I heard him say shaking. And I was like, wow, okay, that's enough. Because, you know, YouTube and all these things mm-hmm. just show it, you know, in music videos. Well, if you... So he some, sees it somewhere, and I'm like, okay, he knows that somewhere. So that's mm-hmm. not good already. So, yep. yeah, that yeah. kind of scared me for a second. And there's, there's, a, right now. there's a song that that's all about it. That's all it talks about. That's pretty much all it says. Oh, yeah, I heard that stupid mm-hmm. song. Because I, I have a... Um, I have a... Zeke, don't touch that, baby. I have a... Um, uh, sister-in-law, she's what? She's only sixteen, right, here, Janet? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, she's still young, and she knows what's going on with all those uh, new social media platforms that I don't know. So. Mm. Yeah, we gotta, yeah, we gotta, uh, we have to educate ourselves as parents. At the very yeah. least, we should be taking our kids' computers, we should be taking our kids' phones, and we should be checking everything they do. Um, I'm going to yeah. be interviewing a guy in two weeks who runs a uh, he runs a site called covenanteyes.com and what it is is accountability software and you download it on all your kids stuff 
Or if you're a porn addict, you have you download it on your stuff and, and you give an email address to somebody that's going to be your accountability partner. Or in this case, if we were talking about kids, you would put your own email address in for, your, you know, as a parent. And if your kid goes on anything, you get an instant email to uh, to know what they're doing and so that you can confront them, you know. And it it's all password protected. They would, cool. Yeah, they would have to know how to root their device to get it off. And I think some of these they've put root protection in so they can't even do that. Dude, I, I would do that because, I it, mean, I trust my son, but, you know, mm, he's still um, little and he doesn't know what he might get himself into. Cause, yeah, yeah you, he could get, yeah. get crazy real fast. It will hook you in so fast, though. Well, and I can tell you, Braden is, and I'm not bragging because I've got two boys that aren't like this, but he's probably one of the best kids I've ever met as far as how he listens, what he does, and he still got hooked into it. I never would have ever thought I was going to have to check on him. But one day, I kept noticing every time I would walk in his room, he would be slamming his computer shut real fast. And and his mom and I both thought that was a little strange. But we gave him the benefit of the doubt for a little while. And eventually, I just something in my head, I think it was the Holy Spirit saying, hey, you need to go grab his computer. And he was doing a good job of keeping his history erased, but he didn't know dad knew how to dig deep. And so I found a few sites and I confronted him on it and I was probably too harsh because I was scared, man. I mean, I, it took 22 years of my life from me porn did, you know, and, uh, it took, it took almost half of our marriage of bonding time away from me and my wife. So we're just now, you know, we're just now six years into a real marriage, if that makes sense. Um, I get it. So, you know, I didn't want him going down that road. And since then we've had a, we've had a major talk and I just sat down. I was totally honest with him about everything I've ever done because my thing is I lived it. So you don't have to, you know? Um, yeah, that's how I would be too. Once he gets older, like that's exactly how I'm going to tell him, you know, I've lived this stuff. So you don't have to, I know exactly what you're going through. I know the thoughts going through your mind. I mean, I used to do that too. When I was younger, uh, I would stay home sometimes and I would once. You know where it started, to be honest? It started one day when I was young. Cause I have an older brother. He's probably about almost 15 years older than me. Mm-hmm. He had some uh, nudie cards up, up there, like, stashed. Mm. And I don't know how I found them. And I was like, wow. Like, how old were a, you, John? Naked girl. And I was... How old uh, were you? Probably about 10. See, about 10, maybe. Man, I'm telling you, the stats and, and, uh, have got to be wrong. Because they say only, like, 14% of boys see porn before they're 14. I'm telling you, everybody I've talked to, it's been 13 or younger when they first saw it. I mean, I was 12. Yeah, because that's yeah, about probably when... sooner now. Oh, I think so. So go ahead, keep going. So 10, 10, 10 years old, you found these cards. Yeah, and then uh, you know, I didn't know what what I what I was doing. I just, I guess, I didn't realize I was getting excited by them. And then you know, uh, one thing led to another, and mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't realize I was addicted. I would end up staying home trying to watch these things and. I would get in trouble because my brother would find me staying home, but he didn't know what I was doing. But yeah, I, I didn't realize it was an addiction or it was bad. I just was like, oh, I like girls. So, man, I would I would read those. Do you remember those Maxim magazines and stuff magazines and stuff oh, like that? Oh, yeah. Well, remember Victoria's Secret? If, you, if your mom ever had that? 
I mean, nah, she never had those. Oh, my, my mom did. Those Maxim She'd stuff, leave so those suckers laying around all over the place like they were no big deal. I mean, mothers, if you, if any of mothers listen to this audio anytime ever in the future, and you have any kind of lingerie, lingerie magazine lying around or in the magazine rack, put it away if you have teenage boys. Even if you have teenage girls now, because it's becoming a problem with girls. But I'm telling you, it is just as enticing as any kind of porn there is out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, you don't think that of the girls, but I mean, I see um, my wife's young sister. She's 16. She has like a picture of the guy, Adam Levine, uh, like pretty much half naked. And she's yep. like, oh yeah, he's really hot. And I'm like, I mean, I, it might not get so far, but like, you know, it's girls still are into that too. So well, and it's an, ag- with them too. it's an agenda, man. They've been trying to sexualize our kids for years and we're at the point now where they're winning. And I think as a church, as the church, we've been getting our asses kicked. And I say asses because the biblical term ass means stubborn donkey. And as a church, we have been completely (laughs) stubborn and stupid when it comes to sexual education. We need to get our asses in gear and start teaching our kids the way it's supposed to be done. Quit not talking about your kids just because you don't think they're old enough or they can handle talking about sex. I'm telling you, the school's telling them about it and they're telling them it's okay. Here's a condom. That's the school's idea of sexual education. Dude, whereas, I didn't even learn about it. Go ahead. Yeah, I, nobody ever taught me about it. All the, my family would do would kind of make fun of me because you know my voice was changing. They'd be, oh, oh, your voice is changing. Nobody told me a darn thing about the birds and bees, not once. So no, I because you had to figure it out by myself. And yeah, it, 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 it sucked. It was taboo back then. I mean, they just you didn't talk about it. And the thing is, is you know, here's the deal. If, if somebody had sat me down and said, this is how sex works from a biblical standpoint. These are how these chemicals fire. This is how this works. This is what God intended it for it to be. This is how great sex is if it's with your wife. And this is what happens if you do it before that, you know, and this is why you shouldn't do it. I would have had a lot more preparation and maybe not done as many of the things I did uh, if I'd had that that training, but I never had it, you know? So if you tell yeah. a kid, don't do it, what's a kid going to do? They're going to do it because you didn't give yeah. me a good enough reason. If you're not going to give me a logical reason why I shouldn't do it, I'm doing it. Now there are some kids yeah. that, that will not do it because they're good wife. kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, some of them are good and some of them, they just don't get it. They don't realize why they're just rebellious in nature and they don't see why either. It's yeah. Crazy. And I'll tell you what, uh, do yourself a favor and look into this virtual reality porn. Um, do a study on it. Understand how crazy this stuff is. There was a guy, he uh, was at the CES Electronics Show that they have every year with all the new electronics come out. And he was given a test drive of the new VR porn through the Oculus Rift goggles. And he said after somewhere like five to ten minutes of being inside this, he literally felt like he was in the situation. Like he would look down and there was a body there. It wasn't his body, but it was a virtual body and it was a 180 degree view. And uh, it was very graphic him describing what happens. But I'm telling you what, if a young kid got a hold of that, they would be wrecked forever. Uh, it would, sure. it would destroy him. I mean, sex would never be the same again. And they were, they were, they're going to need a lot of deliverance before they're ever to get back to have a real meaningful relationship with a wife, with their wife or a woman. Because what kids don't understand is, you know, if you have premarital sex, there are soul ties that are created there. 
And I didn't know that. I had to break a I had to break a bunch of soul ties. And it doesn't have to be intercourse. It can be just really, really intense heavy petting. You know what I mean? But uh yeah. those soul ties, and have you ever noticed where you'll just be sitting there or you used to be sitting there when all of a sudden out of the blue you'd think about a girlfriend that you had years ago that you never had thought of and all of a sudden she just pops in your mind? Yep. I've actually I actually when I heard about the soul ties, I actually uh prayed about that and it's pretty much been gone ever since but yeah if you don't break those ties they will stay with you you don't know why you don't know why you they pop up in your head but they will for sure and it's crazy because nobody will ever bring that up to you they'll just say oh how many girls have you messed around you know that's the cool thing to do that's a cool thing to talk about but it's mm. really not the parents don't need to be afraid to talk because you if you uh, like the public schools now seventh and up they're already gonna know it before. Oh yeah! Like it's ridiculous. Yeah. That's all they ever talk about, and all the jokes that you have are perverted. Everything, I mean, everything. Well, and and even <laughs> and that's just from your friends. Mm-hmm. What's really bad is the the sexual education that the school's providing that says, "Here's a condom, go have sex, and while you're at it, you might be gay. So here, go try sex with another man or another woman." You know, it, this is the kind of crap that they're teaching our kids nowadays, and they have no regard for Christian parents. They don't care what we think. They don't care about our input. You know, and it's, it, we just got to the point where we yanked our kids out. You know, it's a, it's a major sacrifice for us financially, but it's worth every dime if they can be raised in, in, in taught in a, in a, uh, place that's safe. You know I what mean, I mean? There's a big difference. Like there's yeah. no, there's no perverted jokes, but rarely, but they're not, if there's, there's, n- they're nowhere near as bad as public school. They're more of just, um, jokes, you know. Well, guys will be guys. I mean, let's be honest. But you know, there's one thing. Be, be there's a big difference between being stupid and, and saying something that might halfway be lewd than something that's totally unredeeming in, all, all over the place. You know what I mean? Or or totally un uh, demeaning to, towards women or something like that. But yeah, it's getting crazy, man. I look around the world today and I see chaos, and I think to myself. Has there ever been a time before this that I can think of where the entire world was in this position worldwide? I mean, there's always been war. There's always been insanity. But has there ever been this much on this large a scale? I don't know. What do you think? Probably only in ancient times, but I don't even think it was that bad. Not not like this, like you were saying, like not like this. There's like Matthew says, you know, history repeats itself, but nothing like. This is a this is crazy. It's definitely crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think when we hear the days of chaos, you know, Elia Marzulli talks about it. When we think of as in the days of Noah, I don't know that it could get a whole lot worse. Uh, I mean, we're on the verge of a worldwide financial collapse. There is no country safe. We have so-called refugees running roughshod over every country in Europe. And nobody's doing anything about it because they have nothing to defend themselves with. We have politicians on both sides of the fence in the United States calling for gun control so that they, once they take the guns, they can take care of us. And I got to wonder how much, you know, how much farther can it go before it just totally hits the fan? And I just imagine it getting worse. I I mean, sometimes we don't even see it because, you know, we don't. I think, honestly, they play on our ignorance. They try and oh, yeah. say that, oh, yeah, you, you, us parents don't know anything. 
And if you are so busy with work and, you know, school or whatever it is that you do, you won't even know what your kids they're doing just because you have them with their toys, their iPods, their, you know, game. Mm-hmm. you're so distracted and you're letting them be distracted to the point where they, you know, they're just playing. You think they're just playing. You're like, oh, I'll let them play. They're not just playing. They're doing something behind your back, whether they, they think it's right or wrong. They don't even know. And that's how I was. Well, I didn't even know it was wrong or anything. I just, I just thought I was doing something that, you know, it felt good. That's really what I, I thought. I didn't think anything of it. Let's just do a comparison from 1950s America to now. So 1950s America, most mothers stayed home. Um, the school system, God was still in the schools for the most part. Uh, prayer was still in school for the most part. And there was nothing on TV that wasn't redeeming. You know what I mean? It wasn't allowed. And so you had a strong family unit. The mother was there to make sure the kids were doing what they were supposed to. Uh, mothers didn't have to work because a man could make a good wage. Um uh, to support the entire family at that time. And, you know, I really think that, that what's happened is a complete and utter attack on the family on purpose. You know, everything gets more expensive. So now, you know, then you have the feminist movement that comes in and says, as a woman, you have the right to work. Well, it wasn't that you have the right to work. It was you have the, the obligation to not be there for your kids is what ultimately ended up being happening. Because these women bought into this hook, line, and sinker saying, oh, yeah, I'm a woman and I have my right to work. Where God made them and their most important job as a woman is to make sure those kids are ra- have, have somebody at home. The woman is the backbone of the whole family. They really are. The man is the disciplinarian. The man is the leader of the house. But the woman, if, if they don't work as a unit, it all falls apart. The woman is the backbone that keeps that family together. You know, and uh, you see this a lot in the Latin community, very strong women who are very, you come from that community. Um, yeah. Very, very strong women who, who, uh, who are very, very good at keeping their families together and, and keeping the kids on track. And uh, when I look at some of those families and some of those women, they didn't buy into this whole uh, feminist bull crap. You know what I mean? They knew that they yeah. had a responsibility to their families and their kids, and they did the best they could with what they were given. And, you know, I think what's happened in, in some of the other cultures is these women, women bought into this thinking, well, I'm being oppressed because I'm at home, when the reality was they were one of the most important parts of the family. And you see, you see these families just being decimated because the, the women aren't home anymore and the kids are just running roughshod around the house because there's nobody there to make sure they're doing what they're supposed to. Mom and dad stressed out like you talked about. They put the kids in front of the iPad, the TV, the computer, whatever it takes, and then they take a breather and it repeats itself over and over because the world is going so fast. Everything's so expensive. Nobody can afford to just have one income hardly anymore. Yeah. And so it, this isn't a bash on on women who are working at all. I get it. You know, I get it. You have to live because there, it's really unless you've got a really high paying job as a man, your wife's going to have to work, you know, just to have a decent life. We're not even talking getting rich. We're just talking living here. Yeah, that's kind of like us right now. Um, I don't have my wife working. I mean, it is we are definitely struggling, but I have enough to where. To be honest, we actually live at my uh, mom's house with my uh, grandpa and my 
brother, my older brother, mm-hmm. but uh, we have our own separate room, but it's still not enough. But we're trying to move out, Lord willing, soon. And uh, man, man, it's it's tough. I mean, I do want my wife to stay home, but sometimes I'm thinking like, oh, I got to have her work. But in the end, I see my son growing up. I'm like, nah, I can't have her work just because he matters a lot and I want him to be raised right. And I can't have that happen with a babysitter because babysitters don't really care. They're just there to make them some extra cash, you know, yep. mm-hmm. you know they don't, they really don't care about your kids growing up for, for his future, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's tough, but we're going to, even if we have to struggle and not have very much, that'll keep us humble. So well, I think that's a good choice. You know, yeah. you know, the last year I, I worked in heating and air as a manager, I made a lot of money, a lot of money, but I never saw my family and I was yeah. never around and I had to make a decision. Is this worth it? Um, and you know, God intervened and I lost that job, uh, because my son was having all kinds of seizures. So I, I could never go to work half the time we were at the hospital, my middle son. And really, you know, at the time I was devastated because I was like, I've never, this has never happened before. What am I going to do? And I was able to start doing what I'm doing now. And it was a significant cut in pay, but you know, I make less than I've ever made, but I'm happier than I've ever been. And it's because I get to spend time with my kids. Uh, we've totally got rid of, of all our bills. We have no car payments. We have nothing like that except for just one payment, which is a house, which everybody has. And so we made it to where we can we can live like that. You know what I mean? And I found out that money is so not everything. And they say money brings happiness. And I think it's the exact opposite. I really do. I think a lot of times money brings uh, more greed more problems, like and more problems. Say, yeah. It really does. I mean, I'm, I'm happy and like, I'm not like everything's not perfect all the time, but as far as my overall happiness, let's, let's put it this way. After I lost that job, I never had high blood pressure anymore. I actually, my blood pressure went back to normal. That's how much stress I was having on a daily basis. And so, yeah, that was, I think that was God moving in my life saying, you don't need this. You don't need to, to your money's not your God. You know what I mean? I'm your God. Come to me. And it was that, that was the start of all the changes in my life was losing that job and really getting the opportunity to start listening to podcasts during the day. And, and it made a huge change in my life for the better, you know? So I, you know, I I think what the way you guys are set up is, is great. The bottom line is you do what you have to do for the future of your kids. And if that means that you sacrifice for a while, you sacrifice for a while. There's a lot of people who don't see things that way. They want their best life now. Huh, somebody says that, don't they? Who yeah, says for real. that? Uh, anyway. <laughs> it's actually crazy. Yeah, yeah and yeah, I'm pretty exactly sure, true. I don't remember Jesus ever saying that you're going to have your best life on this earth, ever. In fact, I think he said something like, you will be hated and persecuted for my name. Is that Ring a bell, I think. Yeah, I think that's what Jesus said. You will be hated and persecuted for my name in all the nations. Not, I'm going to give you a Maserati and a jet, and you're going to have your best life now, and it'll be a box of fluffy freaking ducks. I don't remember that in the Bible anywhere. If if I'm wrong, let me know, but I don't think it's there. Because who wouldn't want a Maserati and a drone? You can tell I get a little hot about this. Uh, no, I'm the same way. Uh, my my family sometimes my my older brother, he's like, why don't you have your wife work? Like, why doesn't she work? And I'm like, because that's not, I mean, it seems practical for most people to have your wife work, so you guys have enough money and this and that, and not worry about bills. But it's like, 
I'd rather worry about bills than my son being taken care of. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like I don't care about the bills. I'll struggle. It sucks for me, but whatever. I'm the man. I can make some sacrifices. I don't need a lot of things. I just need my, my family happy and my wife happy. And that's really all I need. I take them out whenever I have my days off and it's good because those days off matter a lot more than they used to. They were just another day off. But now like I enjoy taking my wife and son to the mountains or whatever to, you know, just, just be out with me. And it's good because my son gets to actually truly miss me. You know what I mean? Instead of kind of, you know, acting up and acting uh, rebellious, he misses whenever I'm gone. So I, I like that feeling. It's all good. So Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And you guys live in an area where there's a lot of cool things to do outside anyway. So, um, yeah, that's true. You don't need money to have fun. I think that's become a concept that everybody has latched onto for years that you have to have money to have fun. There's all kinds of, of national parks, state parks, all these things out there that are perfectly free if you just take the time to look around, you know? Yeah. Thankfully, I've grown up in such a, I'm not saying I grew up poor, but, you know, they just have a lot of money. I, you know, all, all through high school, I had about three bucks every day for lunch and for food. So, I mean, you know what I would be eating, you know, McDonald's, all that kind of junk. But, dude, all we would do after school is go ride our bikes. You know, I do that BMX stuff. So, that's all I would do after school. I didn't need no money to have fun. We would just go ride around with buddies. We wouldn't be in the house. It was only until, like, late after uh, high school that we started getting into video games a lot because we could afford them. But, yeah, it was it was a lot more fun. We didn't even have to worry about anything. I never got into gangs because I always, to be honest, I always thought gangs were stupid. They, they actually just got me mad. Because I'm like, why are you guys acting so dumb, hurting other people? Because you think you're something. Yeah, it made no sense to me. It still doesn't. But yeah, um, yeah, I've always been one that says you can have fun for free. That's that's how I live. So I always take them to the mountains, go to the beach whenever we can. I prefer the mountains, but yeah, we we really just hang out a lot. So. Yeah, you brought up an interesting point. When we were kids, we, you know. That's one thing that bugs me about now is I can't just let my kids go out and play by themselves in the front yard. You know, I have to be watching them because there's too many people that'll snag them off the side of the road now, you know. Um, It's so different now. When I was a kid, I used to ride around my town on my bike everywhere by myself. There was never a second thought to it. Uh, But nowadays, you know, we just had a kid get abducted, oh, right before Christmas here in in our town. And uh, Wow. You know, and that's not the first time. So I can't even let my kids go play outside unless I'm watching them, you know, and it's that sucks because it shouldn't be like that. But that's the world we're in now. And and so I can I can see where it's hard for parents to just let their kids run around um, because you have to be out there with them. There's it's just such a weird it's a it sucks. Really, the what what's become of this country compared to what it used to be kind of blows you know we've we've gone away from our families and our values and it's all about money and and prestige and status and it's just sad and you know i'm i'm so glad i'm not part of this world you know as far as i'm concerned i want nothing to do with this world i live in it to the extent that i have to to survive but other than that i don't want anything to do with it you know you know, you know what's funny about that? Um, I had a gamer tag for the longest time. My gamer tag was Rebel Zero. The whole Rebel part, I had looked up. It means to rise up against one one government that one you know one that are in charge. 
that's why what I always stood behind. I was like, you know what? I don't like the way this world is run. I don't like the way this country is run. I didn't know why. And no, you know, the enemy was truly in charge. I, I grew up Christian, but I never really understood all that. I hated the way this world worked. I hated it. It was always revolving around money and like, you know, uh, like you're saying, prestige and like survival of the fittest. You know, I got to be better than you. You got to be better than me. And I always hated that. And it's kind of crazy because some people see my rebel uh, uh, account and they're like rebel, huh? And I'm like, it's not that kind of rebel. If anything, it's a good rebel because I hate this world and it's a rebel against this world, really. And uh, that's pretty interesting. But yeah, um, I hate the way this world runs. Like me and my wife are the same way. And that's a blessing because thankfully we don't chase after money and um, it's good. I mean, sometimes we get a little, you know, we have that struggle to the point where we forget sometimes, but it's never too crazy where we're, we're always greedy about it. But yeah, I'm definitely struggling to have my son raised the way I was. I try to take him to the park, let him play. And yeah, I mean, it is tough to just kind of let them go play anymore, but I mean, around here, there's no kids anyway. So that's kind of a bummer, but he plays with yeah. his cousin and stuff. But yeah, I, I know what you mean. It's hard to let them play with others because you don't know what they're like. You don't know what they're yeah, like. absolutely. Let them get so into them. <laughs> it's it's a bummer. Yeah, because you know a lot of these kids, like we were talking earlier, their parents let them play Grand Theft Auto. They have they cuss like a sailor. You know, uh, they we're, we're told we're supposed to be good influencers on the world, but that doesn't mean I want to send my kid into a lion's den just so he can be a good influence while they eat him. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. So we we got to be really careful about that. So that's a really good point. Um, it has been hard for us to find kids that, that our boys can play with because the world, ah, so many people are just so caught up. And even people who are self-professing Christians are so in love with their sin and in love with the world and in love with money and in love with status. And I'm just like, I don't get it. I don't know why, because you can't take any of it with you. You're going to die a physical death and that crap's still going to be here. And now the government takes yeah. over 50% of it anyway, so you're not giving it to your kids. You know, what are you mm-hmm. going to do with it? I, I just don't get it. And these guys who have wasted their entire lives, who have spent no time with their kids, always in the pursuit of money, you know, and then they then they get older. I got to wonder, on their deathbed, as they look back at their life, they've got to really think that that they screwed up, you know? When they realize at that point... That they've got nothing to live for. They've got nothing. None of this is going to be taken with them. Their kids are dirt bags, and they could have changed all that. What's going through their head? You know, and, and I've always told myself, I'm not going to be that. I'm not going to lay on my deathbed thinking, what if I could have gone back and done it all over again? I want to lay on my deathbed going, I did what I was supposed to do. I served my Lord. I was with my family. I did all I was capable of, and now I'm going home. Yeah. I have a, an interesting take on like the biblical curses. Uh, I mean, I know they are what they are, but I truly feel that like, it's, it continues on to the next generation. If we don't break that curse by teaching our children, right, it's going to continue on to the next generation because that child is going to teach his kid to, Oh yeah, you don't have to worry about this and that. It's never going to stop. Well, and it's, it's not even continue on through further. Gen- I mean, that's not even a weird view. That's the biblical view. I mean, and it's not just that it's a curse, it's that it's a uh, familiar spirit. It's a demonic attachment that goes from through the family. Like when you see suicides, 
you'll notice that a suicide will run rampant through the family. It's like everybody's killing themselves in a family, you know, and you're like, what the heck's going on? Why are all these people killing themselves in the same family? It's because it's a, it's a familiar spirit. It's a spirit that attaches and you have to break that. You have to break that, that, uh, it's called a generational curse. You most definitely have to break it. And it's, it's something you have to break through spiritual warfare. And I had that with addiction. My addiction came from a generational curse. And until I broke that generational curse, I couldn't kick anything. You know, once I broke it, it was like instantly I wanted nothing to do with alcohol, with with painkillers, with anything anymore. Didn't want anything to do with them. In fact, nowadays, if I take a painkiller because something's hurt, I don't get even the same feeling. I used to get the feeling where like I was on cloud nine, like it was the greatest feeling ever, you know, almost as good as sex. I mean, that good. Now, if I take it, it just takes the pain away. I don't have that addictive feeling anymore. It's really, it's, it's bizarre, but it's, you're dead on, dude. It's totally real. It, it does happen. And, uh, there's a lot of people dealing with generational curses right now and they have no clue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't see why their families are going through the, what they're going through. And, you know, they, you know, what you were saying how uh, some Christians are, uh, you know, they, they worry about money and this and that. I think it's because of the world. And on top of that, they don't really read their Bible. They go to church and they don't really trust what God has even said. They're like, oh, that seems impractical. Like, oh, uh, don't love money and this and that. I'm like, it's not impractical. You need to learn to hate money. I hate money. I hate that we have to use it even do anything mm-hmm. it, yeah it really bothers and, oh yeah well uh, yeah and that's why it's those, crazy that's what i think source of it is that's why those prosperity ministers drive me nuts because all they're doing is reinforcing that money is god basically god will give you money that's that's the point is god's your bank account you know yeah and how in the heck is like that master oh yeah it just it goes all over me i i'm okay with most concepts, as long as it doesn't go against the gospel of Jesus Christ, but the prosperity concept, it just flips me out because you're leading so many people down such a wrong path. Yeah, they may be saved. They they may have accepted, accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, but you're going to take them down a road where the devil's going to latch onto that. Here's the thing. If, if uh, the devil thinks that he can get you by giving you money, he's going to give you money. He's going to make sure you get it. And there's going to come a time where you're going to get so deep and so caught up in money where you're not going to want God anymore. You know, and that's his point is to get you to where you're like, you know what, God, I don't need you. I don't want you get out of my life. And then he's got you because God is, is, uh, he's faithful. If you don't want him, he's not going to force himself on you. If you don't want his salvation, he's not going to give it to you. So even if you were saved, if you say, God, I don't need you. I don't want you leave me. He's going to leave you alone. And then what are you going to do at that point? But you got your money. You know, I just, yeah, there's, there's so the money many, better save you. This, this emergent church movement, you know, you have all these people getting saved in the, in the very, very like biblical sense that I believe in Jesus, but they're being wrecked on a daily basis because they've never been taught repentance. They've never been taught deliverance. They've never been taught how to cast off these, these attachments that are attached to their, to their lives. And they're wrecked on a daily basis and they don't know why. And it was the same thing with me, the church we were going to, you know, they'd have that happy grace, love, and, and let's hold hands sermon every week. No real meat and potatoes, no anything you could latch onto. 
everything was just, you know, Jesus is your boyfriend. And, you know, how does that help somebody who's struggling? If, if you can't get that off, it took me, it took God showing me because I, I cried out to him to show me how to get rid of this crap. It took him showing me what was going on in my life and then me searching for, for uh, spiritual warfare to get rid of the stuff that I was never taught at any church up until then. You know, I bet if you, I bet this world is so corrupt with money, I bet if you asked a Christian, like teen or kid or something, and you gave them at, like five bucks and told them to take it, they wouldn't second guess you. Well, if you asked me to take five bucks, I wouldn't second guess you. Five bucks is five <laughs> bucks. Well, like, I always second, like, I'm afraid to kind of take money. I mean, I'm trying to understand but like, where you're coming so, from. Like, like okay. if you give them like a hundred dollars or something, mm-hmm. I bet they would just take it right off the bat. They well, you really... mean like they wouldn't even, yeah, I mean, if it's in the sense that I don't want to take a handout, is that mm-hmm. what you mean? Like they wouldn't be like, are you sure? Or are you... Oh, okay. Well, yeah, who knows? It, it all depends on how they're raised. Um, you know, here's the thing. We have to have money to live. I'm not in love with it and I'm not going to, I'm not going to go up and out of my way to get as much as I can, mm-hmm. but we have to have it. We just shouldn't be in love with yeah. it. Um, but I see yeah. kind of where you're saying where, yeah, I mean, no. if somebody says, here's a hundred bucks, I'm going to say, dude, I don't want your money. I got, you know, I can take care of myself. I can see that. There are a lot of people be like, okay, take it. Now, five bucks, I'd take you five bucks. It's <laughs> just messing with you. Yeah, it's, uh, what didn't the you, you derailed me, man. I don't even know what I was talking about now. I was off on one of my rants. Yeah, you oh, I was on the emergent church the rant. Yeah, yeah there we stopped, go. So I, I took yeah, I just, I feel like there's a lot of people who need deliverance out there and they just, they're, they're wondering why they're depressed still. I'm saved, but why am I depressed? I'm saved, but why do I have these thoughts? I'm saved, but why can't I stop looking at porn? I'm saved, but why do I still have a lust for money? Why do I still have a lust for women? Um, because there's a spiritual thing there that has to be dealt with that a lot of people don't get. Because it's not being taught. And it's not that these guys, like like certain people we've been inferring, uh, aren't reaching people because they're reaching people. God will still use them to reach people. I mean, look at Billy Graham. He was a 33rd degree Mason. Not sure what I think about that, but he led 3 million people to Christ. You know? So, I hear people say he was a Mason and this and that, but I also say... Well, how many people did you get saved? Because he's got three million. So, you, you know, I, I think God's yeah. going to use people for his. He can take evil and use it for good. Does that make sense? Um, oh, he can, of course. So, you know, I I, I just kind of feel for those who who get saved. I heard one of those guys talk. He he was preaching a sermon. I saw this on YouTube. I watched it. He said, if you got saved here at this church today, then now this church isn't for you anymore. You need to move on. Because the whole point of the church was just to get people saved and nothing more. That was his whole point. We get you saved. I think this guy's big time now. I want to say the church might have been called Elevation. That's all I'm going to say. Anyway, he said that uh, if you got saved here today, then you need to find another church tomorrow because this isn't the church for you. Verbatim. That's what he said. And I'm going, whoa, okay. So all you want to do is give somebody the gospel, let them get saved, and then kick them out on the street? Aren't you supposed to shepherd them? Aren't you supposed to be a shepherd? Aren't you a pastor? Isn't that your job? You know, what do you, if you were a shepherd, would you just like, like bring your sheep all together one time? And then once they listen to you once, you kick them out to the wolves? 
Is that how that works? I don't, I mean, shepherds used to love their sheep so much that if they kept straying, they would break their legs. Then they would carry them on their back while the legs healed. And then the shepherd, the, the sheep would never stray again because it knew what it like was like to have their legs taken out on, from underneath them. They would bond to the shepherd. And so, you know, God does that to us. God takes our legs out from underneath us every now and then. And he carries us a little while. And then it, it bonds us closer to him. And we don't stray as far the next time, you know? Yeah, it's, I don't know, man. There's just so much crazy stuff going on. And you kind of wonder, like, what is God doing and what is he allowing? But I know he knows his ways are higher than our ways. And he definitely knows what he's doing, whether we think we second guess it or not. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't mean to, I mean, I'm not trying to bag on anybody or anything. I guess I'm just venting today because I'm in one of those moods. No, I, I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean because uh, a lot of my family, they uh, post Joel Osteen, uh, you know, uh, the, the little messages that he says, and I'm like, dude, how how do you guys not see this? I don't understand how they don't see it. It, it just it blows my mind how you. But then it's not surprising when they don't read their Bibles at all. Yeah, that's the key. It's they, like uh, they really just. Yeah, you hit it on I the head. Buddy. Hey, buddy. Sorry, I only read. I'm gonna talk to Johnny. That's not Johnny today. It's that's that. Brandon. Hi, Brandon. Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm good. good. I had that. I had that. Story. <laughs> <laughs> Our dog that we have right now. It's our sister's oh. <laughs> dog. That's funny. Yeah. Grab my headphones. Well, I think we're probably going to wrap it up here. Um, but yeah, you're right. They don't. You know, if you don't read your Bible, you're very, you're very uh, susceptible to doctrine that's not necessarily on par with what the Bible says. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's all right. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm gonna hold on. I'm gonna go ahead and say a prayer and uh, bye, buddy. I'll say a prayer and close it out, and then uh, I'll see you all next week. So here we go. Dear Lord, we thank you for allowing us to come together. Uh, we thank you for the technology that allows this to happen. You know, not all technology is used for great purposes, but, you know, we can make it for great purposes. And we we thank you for the ability to come together. We all live so far away, yet we can be so close um, through the Internet. And thank you for John. Thank you for Arthur. I thank you for Braden. I thank you for everybody listening to this in the future. Uh, Lord, I just lift them up in prayer. I pray that you would be with them and, and that you would guide them, direct them in their lives. I pray, Lord, that you would uh, just bless them. You know, if Lord, if they need a little extra cash, there's nothing wrong with blessing them with that. But, but Lord, bless them, bless them spiritually, bless them, um, in a way that they feel full with what they have, you know, help people to learn that they don't need to be a part of this system, Lord, that there is a better way. There is a better system that you have a kingdom that they can be a part of. And your kingdom is a true kingdom where there is a mighty and righteous ruler sitting at the top on the throne. Lord, we just pray that you'll guide us through our, our week, that uh, nothing major will happen, that you'll put a hedge of protection around everybody listening to this, Lord, and you'll just keep everybody safe. And uh, Lord, I bind any demonic entities that would come against anybody listening to this program. Lord, if they're listening to this and uh, they need some deliverance, Lord, I pray that you would send them to a program that will help them find that, Lord. 
And uh, we just, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, man. Until next week, uh, you guys have a good one. Stay safe and I'll talk to you later. All right. God bless, bro. All right. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.